Hi, I'm Catherine. And I'm Teresa. And we are the co-authors of the book, Pass the Baton, Empowering All Music Students. Our goal is to share stories of educators who are passing the baton and empowering their music students. We want to help teachers create music lessons that transform students from passive consumers to vibrant creatives. Welcome back to the Pass the Baton podcast. We're here to talk about all things student empowerment and music education. Before we introduce today's guest, we want to remind you to follow or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. In addition, if you like what you hear today, please consider leaving a rating or review. That's what helps podcasts like Pass the Baton grow. So this conversation with Crystal was so much fun. Um, And I I love that we went into it with with very much a technology focus. And we did talk a lot about technology, but also just the little insights she gave about student ownership in her classroom was was really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many practical tips that you could take and use. And also just like, I feel like I got a great feel for the excitement in the, in the band room of like mm-hmm. kids doing, you know, all these different things, but on task doing, you know, doing the work yeah, um, and reaping yeah. all the benefits of that. Exactly. Yeah. And she even was, you know, you could tell the relationship building that went on and she touched on it a little bit, but you could just see that in what she was talking about. And that's been another common thread through, you know, yeah. a lot of these conversations we have. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at one point she did say it's us, you know, it's not me on the podium. It's us. Right. It's our band. That was awesome. Yeah. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's great to have you here today. We're so excited to welcome today's guest, Crystal Williams. Um, I think I first met Crystal through Women Band Directors, which we've had a couple of WBDI guests on the podcast, which is awesome. Um, and then more recently, I've been hearing about the great work she's doing in Music Ed with technology, some good stuff we'll get into today. So Crystal, hi, thanks for being here. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to talk about tech. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we love talking about tech, so this is going to be great. Um, could you take a minute, maybe introduce yourself, tell us about your background and your current teaching role? Yes. Yeah, so um, my name is Crystal Williams. I'm originally from uh, Maryland. I was born in D.C. and moved to the suburbs of Maryland. Uh, I am a product of Prince George's County Public Schools, which is where I currently teach. Um, I also teach at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County uh, as a woodwind adjunct. And I have a podcast, which is called Diary of a Lady Band Director, which kind of spawned for me ranting during the pandemic, um, like a lot of us. And um, I went to Morgan State University. Uh, I came to Baltimore in 1999, I'm dating myself. As a music major, I'm a first generation college student. So the whole experience of leaving home, the whole experience of going to college and the whole experience of being a music major was new to my entire family. Um, And I successfully matriculated in 2005, went straight through grad school, went back to Morgan. um, Crazy enough, decided to go to another university for um, music education at the same time for conducting. Yeah, completely insane, full-time, both (laughs) programs. And um, I started teaching in Baltimore City Schools in 2006. And I stayed there up until this past school year, uninterrupted as a uh, band director. And my longest stint um, band directing was at Western High School, which is the oldest all-girl public high school in the nation. I think they're celebrating 180 years. 
um, decided to have a change of pace, wanted to go back home to PG, um, also known as Prince George's County. And now I teach at a um, performing arts high school uh, as a music theory, uh, music theory and composition teacher, of course, like with UMBC and with podcasting and with being a clinician, um, something I got into during the pandemic. Yeah, that's great. You are busy, yeah, very yes. busy. <laughs> Um, so well, how did you get started in, in tech and using tech in your music classes? So um, like a lot of music educators, what I thought I was going to be able to do in the classroom uh, with resources and things coming out of college was not what I ended up with. Mm-hmm. Um, my first teaching gig, they hired me to be a band director. It was a new charter school. They had no instruments. They had nothing. <laughs> And they didn't really plan on what that was going to look like. Um, So uh, my first couple of years was really trying to build inventory to support the program that they hired me to teach. And um, I just felt outgunned. Um, And I felt like that for at least, I'll say, eight years. Um, I started teaching at another charter school um, called KIPP. And I had resources, but the kids had no music background. Like, it was just take sixth grade for a quarter, take seventh grade for a quarter, take eighth grade Mm -hmm. for a quarter and do a band in one quarter, which was not how I grew up with band. So I just, how I ended up with technology is, like I said, I felt outgunned. I just didn't know how to do it like this without resources, without background information from the kids, not even like general music classes. A lot of my students hadn't even had a general music class. And so I started going to conferences because I don't like feeling defeated. Um, <laughs> and I went to a conference and I saw smart music and I was like, hmm. And then I remembered that my college professor, Melvin Miles at Morgan State, was using smart music with like the trumpet majors. And he was always very techy. He was always on the front end of like technology, like when the Apple computers and all that type of sound setup, he had it when we moved into the new uh, fine arts building. The fine arts building was state of the art, still is one of the best facilities in the state. And I was just like, I could use this. And so I started out very low tech. <laughs> when I say low tech, um, I didn't have a projector. I didn't have a smart board. I didn't have any of those things. So being a little innovative, my husband is a tech by trade. He works for Sharp. So I am not a tech person by design. I was kind of thrown into it. And like anything, you learn it as you go along. So I started out with a projector. I got off a of donor's shoes. And I said, I'm a projector on shower board because I had those old school chalkboards. Nobody's putting you know, the dry erase board in the band room. Mm -hmm. And I said this, my kids seem to be very engaged and just having like a PowerPoint lesson and having little video clips. And then Chromecast came out and I said, hmm, I can plug the Chromecast directly into the projector. And then I said, oh, so now I can like the lack of resources, I can project from my laptop. That's where I started. But then I realized, I said, well, I have this phone. If I have Chromecast, I could cast from my phone to this screen. And then I started using apps from my phone. 
So I got smart and I said, I have a Bluetooth speaker. So it came from a projector to a laptop to my phone with Chromecast. And then adding on to that, I managed to get the Alumni Association at my school to buy a flat screen TV. And my husband came in on a Saturday and he mounted it. And I said, ooh, dual monitors. So I can project from the projector, but I could also split screen and have a tuner up. And I just watched how that changed because my students couldn't afford tuners. They couldn't afford, they can barely afford the instruments that we really had. Like resources, all of those came from me in fundraising. And so um, I realized I could catch them up, so to speak with all this tech. And so it came into my best practices. I can just have the tuner on for my phone. I could be taking attendance from the door, project this tonal energy app and students get tuned themselves. Wow, that saves me a lot of time. And it just got to the point where eventually it evolved from me allowing students to use their phones and they can project things to the screen. And I was like, oh man, this is just getting better and better. And so I just kind of evolved from one thing to a plethora of things. And somehow people started to notice it. And I was like, y'all didn't think about these things before? Like, and that's just ultimately how I ended up being the music tech chair for the state. It's very hilarious to me. That's, that's so fun to hear because I think sometimes people feel like, oh, but I'm not techie or I don't have a budget or I don't have, but what you're saying is you don't have to start with all the things. You can just start with one little thing and learn that and then add the next thing and add the next thing. And that's, I mean, and that's, I'll be honest, that's like the same way I got started, right? It was just starting with one little thing and then be like, Ooh, this is really cool. <laughs> what, what could I do next? So I like hearing that. I also feel like it's, it's really the power of, you know, the, what can you do? I think we always get stuck in like, I, I can't do things. I don't have this. I don't have this. Right. We're just, it's, it's, we're just natural sometimes to focus on the can't, but just the can of like, I have my phone and I could make this happen. You know, I just, the power of like, what do I have and what can I make? What I have work. Um, a lot of good things come out of that when you think that way. Yeah. And when you don't have no one to like, and I'm not saying that I didn't have no one, like I had other teachers that, you know, helped mentor me. But when it comes to like music, if you're the only one in the department, it's just you. Yep. And a lot of my colleagues were dealing with the same stuff, but I would hear a lot of complaints, but like not a lot of solutions. And so I'm a trial and error girl. I was mm-hmm. like, let me just try something. And when I would see a response from students, I would say, let me, let's keep that. Or I would goof through something and the students really helped me through that process because they often are already using, you know, technology way ahead of us. And so it's like, oh, Miss Williams, you can just do that. And I'm like, I'm writing that down. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. And we're like tricking them into realizing that the tech can be used for learning and school. Right. <laughs> so that's always fun. So when I, um, I listened to you on a podcast with Robbie Burns and, you know, Robbie, Robbie was on our podcast. I can't remember what episode, but just great, great techie guy. One thing that really caught my attention was when you talked about how the technology was giving the students ownership. And it was like, you know, all the, all the flashing lights in my head were like, yes, this is amazing. So, you know, you, you mentioned being able to project things in the tuner, but can you talk about 
how that that part of it. How are you using the tech to give the students ownership and to empower your your young musicians? So um, it happened out of uh, a I call it good not bad, like a good bad situation <laughs> where I you know band directors always want a big program. We always want a lot of people, and I decided that I needed like I needed a big band. How do you get a big band? You recruit. Well, I over-recruited. <laughs> and I know it's like, people like, there's a such thing. Oh, yes, there is. When you don't have, you have 80 instruments. I recruited 120 young ladies. <laughs> and they were engaged. I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be hard. I didn't have, like, this huge staff. Like, when you go to some of these big programs, they have like the staff to support it. They have the resources. I didn't have any of that. So I was trying to duplicate myself. And I was able to talk to the technology person in the building. And I said, do you have three computers you can spare at the lab? I, they don't have to run a lot. I just need them to run one program. And really the, at the time that was like smart music, just one program. And I'll put these in the practice rooms. And when a kid is not quite cutting it on this instrument because everybody were beginners. Out of that 120, 98 were beginners. How am I gonna do wow. this? I had six band classes. I was like, this is insane. I'm losing my mind. I need something that can tell them they're right or wrong and I can send them there. So then I sent them to you know practice rooms. Like when it's not working, I was in a couple flutes, go to practice room one and just log in and do something here. I already, and I can post it very quickly. Oh God, please get them through incantations and dance. And that was my mindset. And they would come out successful. And I was like, oh, you actually did it? Like, instead of me waiting, you know, in band land, we get used to hurry up and wait. Kids are expected to be quiet. And do you work on like the flute section for 20 minutes and everyone's gouging their eyes out? And so that was where the self-efficacy came from. I said, well, let me flip my classroom. I flipped my classroom before it was popular because I was outnumbered. I said, this is chaos. Like, I, this isn't like I have flutes on period one in clarinet. I have everyone, every band class was a full band. It was insane. Um, and so I would send a percussion in the hallway. And I said, hey, download that Vic Firth um, app and learn all of them. <laughs> But they would come back and they did it. And I was like, you mean to tell me I didn't have to be out there? Like, you didn't know this. You didn't know this. And I was like, and I would send them like these accountability sheets and started out printed. But then it turned into a Google form. And I could post it at the beginning of class, put a QR code up. Everybody, here's the accountability sheet. Pull out your phone. They're like this. They already have their phones out anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, you want an A or an F? That was my mantra. Do you want an A or an F? You get an A for working on stuff and documenting what you didn't do well and you did well. That's mm -hmm. self-efficacy. And um, I went to a couple of PDs about building self-efficacy and I didn't realize I was building more self-efficacy in my students from not being on the podium mm -hmm. all the time versus being in front of them. That direct instruction, I feel like band directors, performing ensembles, we're the last, we're the last one to change. Like everybody's kind of gone into group work, but we never knew how to organize it because 
to be honest, young students, they'll either go goof off or they don't really know how to assess themselves. You have to teach them how to assess themselves like from day one. Like, does it sound good or bad? Check yes or no. Like one of those little love letters. (laughs) And so my form was really like, did you meet the standard for today? And they would have to like copy the standard. And then I built the form with the standard in. Did you play with 80% or above accuracy? Look at your smart music score. Then it turned into practice first. Look, is it there? No, we didn't meet the goal today. And it really turned into students wanting to beat their own achievement versus me giving them an achievement to reach. Mm -hmm. And that was where it kind of blew up, flipping the classroom. And less time in front of me, they learned more. I know, go figure. (laughs) <laughs> but, but you're so right because as yeah. I mean, I'll speak as a band director as well. That's all we've ever experienced is the teacher standing in front of up in front of us, telling us whether it was right or wrong. <laughs> like that was wrong. That was right. Do it better. Like, but that's how we, you know, we were brought up and we just assume that that's how it needs to be. And then, and also the models that we follow, right. You know, I, I, growing up the, the Philadelphia orchestra, cause I was a Pennsylvania girl that was, you know, you follow them and the conductors in front, making the music. Right. Um, and we get this idea that that's, that's what successful band is or successful orchestra chorus is teacher in front telling the ensemble what to do. But what you're saying is that the kids can be successful, maybe even more successful if you're not always up in front. And my experience, they have been more successful. So, uh, I'm a believer of it's not broke. Don't fix it. Um, <laughs> And it was interesting to watch the transition because teacher evaluations always, you know, they can be all over the place, depending on who's observing you. I remember being watching us have this direct instruction goal and a hundred percent. I remember teach like a champion, a hundred percent engagement. And I said to myself, in a band room, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Like if we have to work the music, someone has to be quiet and no, they can't be just playing their instrument while I'm working with them. How do I like have everyone engaged? Oh, okay. Well, on your phone, you have an assessment sheet for that section. So yeah, I'm working with them, but your grade is coming from you listening to them and you giving them feedback. And you know, that's that, that self-assessment when it comes to teacher evaluation, students being self-aware of the standards that they are meeting or not meeting gets the highest rating. But nobody really ever knows how to do that. And so it just turned into, all right, I I don't I I don't want to get a two or a one on my evaluation. How do I get students to get me that four? Because there's no way with 60 of you in this room, every period, with various personalities and various, you know, goals. And then we talk about differentiation, which is a whole nother level. I said, I can't do this without it. Um, and it's very low tech and a lot of people, there's a lot of pushback during the pandemic. And I've been dealing with this pushback for 10 years, um, from doing professional development for the district that I left. And now I do professional development for the district that I'm in. People have bitten on the app a little bit more, but in the beginning it was much like, I don't know how to do any of this. I was like, neither. I didn't either. Just, just takes one thing. And the students will show you. It's like, dude, they won't actually do it. I say, like, yeah, they will. It's, you want an A or an F? And that became my mantra. 
Yeah. And I think um, something that, so could you explain a little bit further than like, what does it look like? So they're not all with you, right? You're not on the podium and you're not leading the whole group. Um, so like, what does that look like in the band room? Because I think other people will say, okay, but I am going to get evaluated. And yes, I want the student data to show this growth. But if I let them all go all different directions, well, my admin see chaos, you know? So, and I, so can you explain kind of like, what is so it like? And it started with me and student leadership in realizing that there was a lot of kids who really were doing those type of things, but I was in the way. Like they're mm-hmm. talking while I'm trying to give instruction, but they're really trying to help their friend. Like, hey, no, see, you, we've all been there. Like, no, let's see, because they wanted to sound good. So yeah. I put the responsibility on section leaders. And I was doing this as early as sixth grade beginning band. And I was like, you own the form. You know, that kid that can't mm-hmm. sing themselves all the way together, give them something that keeps them busy. Oh, you're the one with the form today. And if you don't turn it in, that's your grade. And they're like, I can at least do that. And I'm like, yeah, you can. And training them, um, one, that when they go off together, they are the teacher. You are the person I'm depending on. You're the one who has the information. And and a lot of kids really appreciate that affirmation. Mm -hmm. Like, you believe in me enough. And, you know, there's always a box. If you are off task, you're not engaged. Guess what? A or F. And they're like, well, where's the evidence come from? They have smartphones. I would make them record the entire um, sectional time. We call it shared time, self-help um, educational development. You know, as musicians, we say, it's, you go into the shed. I'm like, go to the shed. It sounds bad. Go to the shed. Y'all need shed time. Or then students started asking, section leaders started asking, can we go shed Miss Williams, this isn't good. Like, yes, you can. Now I can work with percussion. Great. Um, And so when they go to those times, first of all, it's timed. The students will have a timer. It started out with those little kitchen timers. I went to the dollar store and got like a bunch of magnetic timers. They would put it on the stand. Everybody synchronized. Go. It's like a football play. And it started out with a very short short amount of time, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. You need to know measures one through eight. And we're like, 10 minutes. But there's always an assessment at the end of that. And a lot of men are like, you assess your students every day? Yeah, yep, yep, I do. On little chunks, measures one through eight. What are you listening for, Mrs. Williams? I'm listening for improvement. Can you play more notes than you could before? Did y'all fix the rhythm? And they would have a box. Are we working on pitch, rhythm, intonation, phrasing, this section or the whole song. And of course, in the beginning, you tell them what they're working on. And eventually they just know, they're like, oh. And we would have sessions before I send them to this shared time. I would tell everybody, take out a pencil. That's one point. Everybody has a pencil because we want musicians to have pencils, right? And they was like, all right, go through the music real quick and circle everything you can't do. Write that down on your form. It was paper, then it turned into Type it in your form. That goes directly to me. So I can tell if you did it or not in real time. And I will read off names. Hmm. Um, so Katie, Katie, I don't have your form right now. Before you go to that shed, I need to know what you're working on. And they're like, this lady is insane. <laughs> but part of it was always seeming like I was a step ahead of them with 
sending them to it's group work and you do it in English class. They go into the four little four desks and then they have a writer and they have a scribe or a scribe and they have a timekeeper and all those jobs still existed just within a section. Also empowered the kid who might have been struggling with the job and they get a point because they're doing a job even if they're struggling through the music. So they're like, oh, I finished the form and we didn't have measures nine through, and they they use that language that we want them to use. And so when my first evaluation where I tried it, there was some skeptic, it was very skeptical. My AP came in and the students came in, they grabbed the form out the sheet coming in the door. Each section went to the tuner before I had phones and stuff, because this was middle school. They didn't at that time didn't have phones. And they would stand around the tuner, kind of like a little football huddle. And then they would go sit down in another section and get up. And she was like, I hadn't talked. I was literally just taking attendance and sometimes pretending like I'm writing, but not really. <laughs> and she just, she looked very like, what am I walking into? And then they came and I said, everybody look on the board. Everybody, a section, you see the laundry list, write that down on your form. And then I sent them to the four corners of the school and she looked horrified. Oh my gosh, she looked like, no. And she started to look at some of the students in this class. I was like, that kid is the one with the, with the power. This is going to be bad. And so she decided to go with the group that looked like the group of the um, most uh, challenging. And she came back with that group. And she said, I can't believe it. She said, the person you had in charge, which I was, I was a little, he was on it. He was on it and everybody was working. He didn't lie, no downtime. I said, yeah, no one believes in that kid. And he knows I believe in him. So ironically now that kid's a cop. <laughs> it's right. I don't know. I don't know if I influenced that power or that kind of order, <laughs> but she was just like, everybody went and worked on things and they assessed themselves and they had to report out. Like they just went to court and the jury came back with a verdict. <laughs> and you didn't say too many negative things. You agreed or added to it. And they played the music together in the last like 20 minutes of class. And she was yeah. like, this, this is, I just would ask, you know, what's your accountability if they get off tasks? I said, we've built a lot of trust. Um, now they have phones. I could just put them on a Zoom. Mm -hmm. Like, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. You're yeah. not doing anything. <laughs> like, oh, oh, no, no. We were just, we were just, uh -huh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, that looks like uh, Minecraft to me. And, you know, yeah. just kind of being with it the same way you're with it when they're in front of you. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's so many things that you were saying that I'm just nodding my head and thinking like, yes, yes, yes. And I absolutely, I always love the day that the administrator comes in when the kids are working independently, because <laughs> if you just listen, it sounds like complete and utter chaos. <laughs> but then when you, when you see what the students are doing, that's, that's when it's really special. Um, I also liked how you said, this was a little while ago, um, that the goal was improvement. You know, and I think we sometimes forget about that, especially, you know, as musicians, we have this 
it, it has to be perfect. The notes are perfect. That's the goal. And, and yes, obviously we want the kids to play the notes and rhythms correctly. And we want it musical and, and all of that. But when we're really looking at each and every kid, it's going to be different. So if we can find improvement and we can encourage them to always be looking to improve, I think that's such a, a more powerful message. Yeah. I also think like the benefits I heard that kids had, like you didn't even say anything when they walked in, right? The admin's watching and like, they just came in and went like, there was no time wasted, right? Like they knew what to do. They took it on their own. Um, When they were in groups, they were making themselves their own goals for themselves. They held themselves accountable. There were leadership, you know, a leadership role for kids. Like, I mean, all those things like student ownership is just, is just, there to be seen, right? Which is just really amazing, but really awesome. And I think there probably are times, you know, like you'd said that, you know, kids get off a task or something. We all do as humans, right? And then there's just a discussion about, you know, what happened? How do we get back on task? Like you said, they have to learn those things. They have to kind of learn and also realize, I think what's nice is that at the end, they come back as a group and perform together as a whole, I'm a part of a whole, like it matters what my group does because my section is going to affect the rest of the group. So there's just so many awesome things happening there um, for the learner experience. I just think it's great. (laughs) Yeah. The one thing um, I learned or had to unlearn was the power of the podium. (laughs) and, And that comes, you know, that, often it comes from like a male perspective, like I'm the one in charge. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not the one in charge, who's in charge? All of us, mm-hmm. all of us are in charge. This is your bedroom too. And if it doesn't sound good and we go perform somewhere and there's this assessment, we all own that. Mm-hmm. But I always tell them, I said, when y'all do good, y'all get all the credit. When y'all do bad, I get all the blame. So there's <laughs> and, and, and the students would laugh. He was like, no, we got you, Miss Williams. We got Aww. you. And, and they take that ownership and they super, they will always supersede my expectations mm-hmm. when I started this approach. Um, because they care too. And it has to be intrinsic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never, I didn't really have a competitive day. Like we weren't going to competitions and things, but they always treated every performance like we're, there's a grade, there's a grade, but not in the formal sense of what's going to go in the grade book. Like there's a grade and the audience is going to respond mm-hmm. and we affect that. And so they, they own it. And once they own it, they just take it and run. And you're just a passenger sometimes. You're like, oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Tell them, can we write music? Yeah, sure. Okay. Just <laughs> take up more time. Okay. Yeah, that's some fun. So you mentioned, let's see, like smart music and practice first, Google Forms, um, like QR codes, stuff like that. Is there any other any other tech that you use that you would think that is kind of giving that ownership? And, and if so, not, that's fine too, but I wasn't no, sure. No, it's were. a whole list. Oh, it's okay. Whole list. <laughs> um, when I do tech sessions, I always say that, there's, there's some, there's four you need mm-hmm. utility apps. Mm-hmm. That's, um, fingering charts. That's, mm-hmm. um, things that help them find the answer without asking you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tuner, <laughs> metronome. Those are utility. Take out your phone. That's the very first thing that download as beginners. Then I move to it like a phase two, something that personally helps you. I always have some type of theory 
reinforcement app. Right now, I'm using through Music First Musician and Aurelia because we don't have a lot of time to teach theory mm-hmm. when you're a band director. We just don't have time. That was always the thing that I was fighting the most when I was doing band. Um, so they can use that. It's a Music First app or it's under the Music First classroom. Um, and the lesson's there and the examples are there. And then they can practice. So that became drills. And some people like, you took out time in your class for them to do theory and not go straight to the music. I said, I had to. If you have a bunch of beginners that have never read music and they've gotten to high school, which was my case, it has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I will allow them like 10 minutes. Oh, do no reading for 10 minutes. Improve your score. All right. Take a screenshot. Send me that score. Mm-hmm. And it takes a little time. You put it into a little Excel sheet and you say, look at how you improved. You put it on a little star chart. Yeah. Um, so Musician Aurelia is for my ear training and my theory. So we got utility apps. We got theory and ear mm-hmm. training. Kids need it. Um, and then my third thing is something that is global. Right now, globally, I'm using um, Google because everything speaks to it. Yes. I could put YouTube videos, you know, everything speaks across the board to it. And of course, there are other management systems like um, Canvas. We're moving to Canvas next year. Mm-hmm. But even still, a lot of Google stuff speaks. Um, and then, so we've got utility. We've got the ear training theory. We've got the global apps. Those are the things like PDF writer and, and whatever. And then finally, my communication device mm-hmm. or my communication app, mass communication. How do I communicate with my students on the drop of a dime? That started out as Ramon and now it is um, the band app mm-hmm. because you can just post anything. And that helped me commu- communicate to parents students. I could put links to Google stuff there to my Google class and my Google site. And it all kind of began to house like everywhere I want you to go. Um, And sometimes there's that SEL part. Band kids are connected to their band directors. They just Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And I have a student who likes to fish. (laughs) He uses it to communicate with me um, because I'm, I'm a Southern, I'm a country girl. And he communicates things he's done on a weekend. And I know for him, that's an SEL thing. Like, hey, look at this fish I caught. Mm -hmm. Uh, For my band parents, when they would take pictures or we'd go on trips, I didn't have to beg for pictures. They would just put it in the album. Mm -hmm. And it's secure. And so that was, that's kind of how I'm using tech. I have four things. I always tell people start with one. Yeah. Start with one. And master that one. And if you use that one until the wheels fall off, that's kind of what I did from the start until I got more comfortable. That's yeah. I think that's good advice because you're right. You don't need to dive in and do every single thing at the first time. That's, that's like recipe for disaster. (laughs) I, the pandemic. (laughs) Well, yeah, we learned that quickly and it's also hard for the students, right? If this, if you suddenly throw all of these new tech tools at students, remember we're only one of their teachers because they're, they may have five other teachers who have done the same thing with different things, you know, different tools. So we need to, to start with the one and, and build from there. I think that's right. Really- and I do schedule um, a tech day. Like I do when I roll out something new, mm-hmm. there is always this moment in time for my students. And when I present to other teachers where this is play, you have to play with it. It's yes. not no, low stakes. 
you take out your instrument. You play it practice first. You see how it responds. Mm -hmm. um, you, the student, here's, here's a new app. Here's Soundtrap. Mm -hmm. You play with it. I'm getting a grade for just playing with it. Yeah, yeah, just play yeah. with it. You give me a grade for making beats? Yep. Yes, I am. <laughs> Does it have to be good? Nope, nope. Does it have to be good? Yeah. Just yeah. do something. See what your, that's that create standard. I mm -hmm. always fuss um, at conferences. Like everyone runs from create. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what music is? Music is creation. <laughs> and so, but it's got to be low stakes enough for kids to feel vulnerable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the best way is just let them play with it. When I teach composition with my theory students, I let them, I let them explore first. Mm -hmm. And then I give them the rules of part writing and then they hate me for the rest of their life. But, <laughs> but and that's where we are now with my AP students. They're like, Ms. Williams, you tricked us. We started out with a theme and variation on something simple. I say, yeah, you did. No, species counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you're so right. Just let them explore. I mean, we could even, if you wanted to give it, give it a fancy title, call it inquiry, right? Mm -hmm. You're giving them something and letting them ask questions and push buttons and try things. And that's huge for the learning process. I think we get so, again, so stuck in this, like there's one right way to do it. And I know that way. And I'm going to tell you, no, just let them, let them do it. It's more fun. We used to call them participation grades. It's no, not quite participation. Like you gauged it and you put some framework on it. Say at the end of class, you have to have eight measures or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how do I, how do I assess it? Does it sound good to you? Yeah. And then they're, they're like honest and sometimes it's good and they don't think it's good. I'm like, oh, this is, this is going somewhere. And they're like, oh, Miss Williams, this is trash. <laughs> I was like, let's, let's look at why do you think that and see if we can kind of find a way to make it better. Yeah. We're always going to make it better versus, um, you know, that hard grade that mm -hmm. everybody goes with. We can't put too much right or wrong in music. You know, yeah. we all have things we like and things we don't like, and we can respect that. Yeah. I tell them if they can defend it, you might win me. Yeah. And, and they come with strong arguments. <laughs> But you, that's what we want. I, you know, yeah. I want them to be passionate about what they've made and I want them to be excited about it. It's a good thing. So I think one question we keep asking everyone uh, recently is this something we all struggle with, I think, of the balance between, you know, giving kids student ownership in the classroom, but then also, um, worried about the performance expectations, worried about our next performance. So how do you, how do you balance that? Those two. So when it comes to expectations with students and performances, um, because we're always approaching it from making the next one better uh, on the Monday, I used to call it after something, you know, when I had marching band, it was like the Monday after the game, mm -hmm. um, we will make a laundry list and we would write it on the board. And say, hey, what went well? What didn't? And students would take a, you know, take a poll vote once I started doing it digitally. And then they would say, yeah, you know, we, we do have to work on this. Mm -hmm. I think we're so busy trying to convince kids what to work on that we miss that they're smart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're actually smart. Yeah, like go figure. Um, and so I always put the standards of what we're trying to meet 
and I let the majority decide mm -hmm. if we've met the standard. Um, so it is, it's very Democrat. Mm -hmm. um, I always tell them I, the president can veto. <laughs> <laughs> and so that keeps them kind of honest. Yeah. Sometimes they grade themselves harder than I would grade sure. them. Yes. Um, but it does keep them honest when I say, go back and look at the rubric it's a, in the Google form that you're looking at. Look at how many things you had to meet for it to be highly effective or achieve. And I use those words. So when it's time for evaluation time, mm -hmm. like the students are talking the same rubric talk. I say, yes, they are. <laughs> so <laughs> you better write me down for all those fours. Um, but I always put it back on them and make sure that they know exactly in very plain, simple words. I always take like the state assessment sheet and pare it down to things they can, I said, there's no gray area. Check yes or no. Mm -hmm. Like they start to sit there on the fence and they're like, nah, nah, it's no. And they look so sad when they have to be honest with themselves. Um, but that, that has been my balance is that when we get to the performance, that is the assessment, absolutely. <laughs> But we have been assessing ourselves up to this point. And I think that's where we kind of really, really trip ourselves up is that we all of a sudden go to festival MPAs and we say, that's the score. I have never had a festival score since I started doing that. That wasn't exactly what the kids said beforehand. Mm -hmm. Ever. They was ne they've never been shocked if even more so they're like, oh, the judges were nice because I gave me a three. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. And and they own it. They own it. It's all about student ownership. Yeah. But I think too, if you if you think of the scenarios of you on the podium working 20 minutes with the flutes while everybody else has to be quiet, versus you sent them all off with different tasks and then came back together and worked together. I just feel like that in that second scenario, you have to be, I just, I don't know how you wouldn't improve two times, three times, four times more, you know, faster because everybody was on task and didn't sit and wait for the next step from you. Um, so I feel like, you know, just the reshaping of, you know, how you would do an ensemble uh, a rehearsal has just got to be in itself, right? A, a way to improve faster. And it does start with a very high expectation. Mm -hmm. So when I taught um, at Western, when I said 98% were beginners, I would say we're high school. We have to play a grade three. Mm -hmm. And I would let them have a listening party. Here's all the grade threes. Pick the ones that you think you would like to play. And sometimes I was tricking them because I've given them a survey digitally and, and I already yeah. kind of know where they're headed. <laughs> I'm tricking them. They, they don't know I'm tricking them. And the students would say, oh, okay, I like this. And that's like, oh, that's a four. Mm, Y'all really want to play it? They're like, no, I li we like it. And they would have to go from beginner to grade three or four. Yeah. Some years it was the three, some years it was the four. It really depended on the students. And people would, they would get on stage. And it was like, how? Oh. I said, I'm not doing this. <laughs> like, Hey, they're really doing it. They're, they're exploring their way to excellence, so to speak. And people were like, they're playing way beyond a year. So I was like, well, other countries do it. Mm -hmm. Other countries have a different model with students. Mm 
I will put a very high expectation. I said, we have to play at least a three. You pick the ones that you think we can, we can approach. And I will learn, you know, with technology, things like smart musical practice first and those things where they can listen in YouTube, they would have, fav- they have favorite composers. And I teach in Baltimore City public schools at the time and very stereotypically people can say these kids are not interested and I was like well no you just haven't found things that they're interested in yeah. and the students come back and say have you heard this piece by John Mackey I'm like do tell what is this piece by John Mackey and they were like oh that just feels like me and actually it's because they had a breakup and I was like oh, let's go with that we can tap into some emotions on this and um you know, this all girl band would play all this aggressive music and feel like, it's like, uh, uh, don't stereotype them. This is how they feel right now. So let them go with it. (laughs) That's so fun. Oh my gosh, Crystal, this has been, this has been awesome. And like just listening to how you work with the students and, and it sounds like just how much awesome music making is, is going on in the classroom. I love it. So if somebody wanted to connect with you and learn more about your work and, and you know what you're doing, what's the best way that they can do that? Well, the best way is through um, our, well, one, since I'm the music tech chair, they can mm-hmm. go to um, the Maryland Music Educators Association um, website. I have my own music technology link right on the homepage and, um, they can go directly there and I update the list of apps, uh, quarterly. So it's, it's within real time. Like if I go to a conference and I see something cool and I play with it a while, I put it up there. I put the cost if there is one. And I always try to stay under a certain number. I don't list anything under like $10, um, unless it's like one of those big subscriptions that you can get as a school, but like mm-hmm. the most practical, practical apps are $0. Mm-hmm. Like go with this. And so that's the biggest one. My email address for, I use for the state is kmwilliams987 at icloud.com. That's how I take any inquiry from anybody across the country. Um, and I do check it. And then uh, I run a, a podcast called Diary of a Lady Band Director, where we just talk about general education things, um, you know, problems that we kind of meet as um, band directors. This is an all-woman panel. Uh, I was trying to give, you know, the more marginalized community a little voice. And so that's those are all the ways. And I'm kind of on social media all over the place. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll make sure to provide links to all that in the show notes. All right. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciated your time. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'd also love for you to consider sharing this podcast with a friend and leaving a positive review. That's one of the best ways to get this message to new listeners. 